Couldn't your wife just bring a spare key? Or was that not an option? Well, I'm ashamed to say this, but the spare set of keys were also locked. In the <laughs> Tell me you made that up. Tell me you just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that, right? <laughs> Welcome to episode 24 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a pint or other fine beverage. Tonight's episode is brought to you by our official sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Craft Beer Cellar, a family of retail craft beer stores focused on amazing beer, hospitality, education. 25 locations in 11 states across the country. Visit them at Craft Beer Cellar, that's C-E-L-L-A-R.com for a location near you. And you can win free beer from Craft Beer Cellar in the form of gift cards that came in the mail today. I'm very excited. Wait, where are they? I have them, I have them. I, well, I had them somewhere. Okay, they're here, they're here. Um, but uh, if you wanna win these gift cards to Craft Beer Cellar, um, you just need to leave a comment, um, either on Twitter at Pub Theology using the hashtag PTLive or comment on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash pub theology and um, we at the end of the month we'll we'll pick a comment and uh, we will share i don't think we have do we have one for tonight did we ever get one i don't think we have a winner for august so i'm just gonna say listeners up your game in september yeah, yeah, there, there you go well we don't have a winner because uh, tina usually does that she's not here with us tonight brian and i are completely lazy and um, you know, we started later in August, so we're we're just running late. But um, but you can um, you don't have to comment while we're live. You can comment at any time you're listening to us. You can watch us live uh, Tuesdays 9 p.m. at pubtheology.com/slash/ptlive, or you can listen later uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any of your favorite podcatchers. Um, check us out. Leave a comment. Win some free beer. That's about it. Absolutely. Tonight, we discuss fate, destiny, or free will. If you're listening to this show, did you have a choice? We'll also discuss whether our faith perspective or theological system supports what you might call fate. Um, And we may even bring in some biology. Maybe our future is hardwired into us genetically. And if there's time, we'll talk about what the connection is between love and obedience that seems a little uh, random at the end there what's uh that question is is it connected to the previous topics or that's well i think i think i think we will find it that's the beauty of pub theology there's always a connection (laughs) okay let's go with that absolutely well uh we have a great show for you tonight uh ogan will introduce our guest in a moment but my name is brian burkoff i'm a pastor and the author of the book pub theology and tonight i'm drinking a uh well, an American Pale Ale by Folded Mountains. Uh, and with us, as usual, Ogan Holder. Uh, yes, Reverend Ogan Holder. Uh, I'm at Uni on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. And, um, oh, yeah, I authored a book, too. That's right, Rants to Revelations. Um, so you can go find that at Amazon somewhere. And I am drinking. I saved. I'm drinking from can tonight. Ooh, that pop. Nice. This is a, I can't even pronounce it, Narragansett. It's from the brewery in Rhode Island, so relatively local to me. Um, and it simply says, half a Hefeweizen. Ooh. I know the last of my uh, summer beers. A um, New England brew. Well done. New England brew. Um, let me take a quick sip here. Ooh, that's nice. That's nice. Crisp. Um, crisp and cloudy for a cloudy day we had today as the storm moves off the coast. Um, tonight, uh, as you can tell, Tina is not here, but... Um, Filling in is this amazing dude that I met <clears throat> at a conference a few months ago, the Unconference. Uh, this is Reverend Derek Weston. He's a blogger and spiritual director living outside Baltimore, Maryland. He's also a podcaster. He's got the God Complex Radio podcast, and he does a web series called uh, Drinks with Amy. Uh, you can search for those online. He is a big Star Wars fan. 
a bit of a geek. Uh, he's also an avid gardener. Uh, if you follow him on Instagram, you will see you will see the fruits of his labor. A lover of bourbon, jazz, and football. He is my brother from another mother. If you don't know what I mean, you got to watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Derek. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, and I am drinking um, Resurrection Ale. Uh, I don't know if you can see that anyway, but um, it is it is uh, made by Brewers Art, which is right here in Baltimore, and it was the only uh, theologically termed uh, alcoholic beverage that I had in the house. So well, you're uh, you're ahead of both of us, Derek. So <laughs> nice nice work. I'll try, I'll try. You know, showing 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 up the showing up the host. Well, you know, bring bring the A game at least with the beer. Well, I, I love that you're a part of two shows, uh, one which has a theological theme and one which has a drink theme, and we bring those together <laughs> on this show. Well, so. and both, both actually have theological themes, but the, the I haven't yet talked Carol into uh, letting us drink during God Complex, but we'll get All right. <laughs> tell, tell, All us right. briefly, tell us briefly a little bit about your, your podcast. What, what are they about? So um, God Complex I've been doing for about five years uh, with my, my friend, the author, um, great author, Carol Howard Merritt. And uh, most often what we do is we we have authors who are, um, uh, it, it, yeah, it tends to be authors who are usually writing books from perspectives that we don't normally hear from the church. So a lot of uh, good progressive thinkers out there who are um, doing some great intellectually rigorous work, and we give them a chance to talk about the work that they're doing. And we... Um, <laughs> and it's it's funny. I, I I'm laughing because as I as I think about that, um, you know, our, our our last author was Bruce Reyes Chow and his book "Don't Be an Asshat," uh, which is which is about parenting and thinking about the theological rigor of not being an asshat. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's what God Complex does. And uh, drinks with Amy, um, just real quick, is uh, I've only been doing that for a couple months now. Uh, Amy and I are both spiritual directors, and we are we're really focused on self care. So we we are doing a podcast that is a show that is um, centered around um, self care in all different aspects of life. So love it. Those are the shows that I do. All right, love it. Thanks, so um, you know, we often have sort of a warm up question before we get into the depths of uh, theology and such. Um, so. Wondering, is there a shift that happens for you when the calendar moves from August to September? Uh, and does this shift still happen for you, even if you're not involved in the school of any sort? Um, you know, living here in New England has been quite the adventure for a boy from the tropics. And I kid you not, the day the calendar shifted over to September, all of a sudden the night started getting chilly. Mm. Like right on cue. It it nice. I mean the leaves the leaves haven't turned yet or anything, but like right on cue, the overnight loads suddenly are dropping into the fifties. And um both my daughter and I are lamenting already like the loss of summer. <clears throat> now later mm. this week it's it's gonna pop up in the high eighties, but the overnights are still low. And um I was riding my motorcycle the other night and um, I was writing right at about sunset and the sun went down and the temperature shift was like, you could feel that cold air all of a sudden come, coming through me. So, so yes, that for me, September is more so than ever the beginning of the cold coming in. You know, I feel like I'm a Game of Thrones. I feel like I'm a Game of Thrones. <laughs> Winter is Winter coming. Is coming. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Derek? Um, so a couple things. Uh, one, uh, there's a bunch of uh, little kids in my life. So school starts, and and that means um, so the shift from August to September is definitely felt in that regards of um, it actually kind of felt like the start of school kind of snuck up on me. Um, but yeah, definitely felt that. Um, we did have we did have a little bit of a shift in the weather, a little bit of a break in the weather, where all of a sudden we were our highs were in the mid seventies um, for like the first week of school. Uh, this week they're back up into the nineties, so that was fun while it lasted. Um, but then you know, I, and I, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, uh, the 
big shift that happens for me August, September is football season. Um, all of a sudden, my my schedule gets rearranged. My Sundays are are um, are are accounted for in a way that they are not uh, previously during the summer. And uh, yeah, it's football season. And and like the the true sign of the shift for me, this is and like this is this is a ritual now. Is like the the onslaught of Hey, are you playing in our fantasy football league this year? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I got I got about six of those. And, Whoa. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this I am I am cutting back. I am only doing like two of them this year because I have I have I have I have overcommitted uh, on the fantasy football front in the past, and I I just I just I need to focus. I need to focus. cutting down. Well done. Well I done. am. I am. So who are you cheering for uh, this Sunday for the? Started the NFL season. Who's your team? Well, so I'm I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm a Steelers fan. Um, uh, born and raised. Um, always, uh, which has been very hard living the last couple of years in Baltimore. Um, no our, doubt. our number one rival. Not a, uh, not adopted the Ravens yet. <laughs> not gonna happen. Just not gonna happen. Not gonna um, happen. Just yeah. Just and you and you kick off against that. That other team in the area. This, this no, we're so we're we're going against Washington on Monday night next week. So it's exactly. like uh, you know we can't I can't catch a break in terms of the local oh. teams this year. But <laughs> we'll we'll see. We're 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 supposed to be pretty good this year. So uh, I'm looking forward there to football season. Hope springs eternal in the beginning of the season. Indeed, indeed. We're all we're all in right now. Brian, you got kids back to school. Your your flock yep. is back in. The my flock is back into school uh, as well. Uh, they started last week uh, and then had a nice four-day weekend, and today went back. We also had a break in the weather um, that it sounds like you guys had at the beginning of September, and then uh, jumped back up into the low 90s today, which was just in time for me to lock my keys in the car. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw that. I saw that. I was like two hours uh, in the middle of the day trying to break into my own car. Oh, that's the worst. So with us armed with a screwdriver and a wire coat hanger, I made many attempts, mostly futile. MacGyver but then at the very end, after two hours when I was about ready to quit, I finally got the right hit the sweet spot, pulled nice. it up, car alarm went off, but it was unlocked. That <laughs> was a beautiful sound. Couldn't your wife just bring a spare key? Or was that not an option? Well, I'm ashamed to say this, but the spare set of keys were also locked. In the <laughs> <laughs> Tell me you made that up. Tell me you just made that up. <laughs> Dude, who does that, right? That How is about we the keep the spare part? set in the van. Fantastic. Apparently, you do that. <laughs> I was the whole time that you're posted two hours. Like, why didn't you miss it? Maybe that had to be. Wow, glad I waited to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> there was a happy ending, but I did, uh, you know, I did get to uh, enjoy the, uh, where the where are the spare keys now. The heat and humidity. Uh, I'll not answer that question, <laughs> dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right. This is a perfect segue into uh, the meat yes. of our theological discussion tonight. And that is, do you believe uh, more in a sort of the idea of fate or destiny or in a free will? I'm just going to leave it there. We have follow-up questions, but I'm going to leave it there. Fate or free will? Why don't we let our guest respond first? Yeah. So I feel like... Um... I feel like I am I am going to betray my reformed heritage here. Um, I I have a lot of um, I have a lot of moral uh, qualms with the idea that um, that things are fated, that we have a destiny that is already mapped out for us. Um, I believe that for for God to be a loving God, we have to have free will. We have to have um, we have to have the ability to choose. We have to have the ability to go our own course. Um, and and I, I also just I, I am I have a lot of problems with the idea that our that um, our paths are mapped out to the point where 
Um, you know, any any misstep or any tragedy, we can just well that was that was God's will, and that's how God wanted it to be, and it's all going to work out for a purpose. Well, eh, sometimes the purpose is that there are people in the world who are awful and do awful things, and that's not what God wants. Mm. Um, yeah. So I I really um, I you know if if I definitely come down on the free will side of things. I think that um, a loving God, uh, a God who is love, has to give, has to be one who loves in freedom, and uh, has to give, has to um, allow others to love in freedom as well. And you would think would desire love from free beings, not from beings who had no choice. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think um, you know. No one wants to. Um, no one wants to think that that they're only lovable because they've been someone has been coerced into loving them. <laughs> it's a beautiful um, thing. Yeah, not, I mean, not really. Yeah, yeah. No, I I am totally obligated to love you right now. So uh, here, here you go. Um, See, Ogan, love versus obedience. It's going to come around. <laughs> nicely, nicely played. Nicely. Boom. There's the setup. Um, so yeah, I think I think. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I also think that that just comes around to the nature of God. That I think that God, um, you know, God makes God's self vulnerable in so many ways, and one of those ways is is relationship. And in relationship, and we all we all know this when we put ourselves in a place of relationship, we we put ourselves in a position to not be loved back, and um, if if God is a God who is truly a God of love, then um, that vulnerableness of of a non coerced love has got to be there. Sounds well good. Spoken. Well spoken, Ogan. Any uh, any thoughts? Uh, no, I don't believe in fate, and destiny is a beautiful name for a child or a musical group, <laughs> or both. Shout out to Destiny's Child when he. <clears throat> <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. No, I don't. I I also don't believe in predestination, preordination, and and you know we you know my my theological bent is that you know God is not a being who loves. God God is the love that is one between us. So so um, and so in that regards, yes, I do believe in free will. But again, not free will as a gift that's been granted. I believe. It's just the state of what is, or or state of being is. Just always, what is. It it just it just what is. We can, we can always choose, and in that sense, we choose our fate. We choose our destiny. We decide it. Um, and and the wonderful, fun part about life is that there's seven other billion people choosing their fates and destinies, and we're gonna bump up against theirs. Um, and other people's in our lives, and our fates and destinies are going to be intertwined and adjusted. And you know, there's 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 no way of knowing where any of this is going. So mm. just hang on for the ride and accept the fact that you really have no control of your life. You, got, so, you, can, you can choose, but you really have no control. <laughs> all right, all right. So, uh, Derek, let me ask you: Do you yeah. hold on to any sense of God being omniscient or? Um, all-knowing. <sighs> oh man, I, I <laughs> <laughs> we're just getting right into it. Man, yeah, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm, I'm really glad that you invited me on for the softball topic. By the way, um, <laughs> it's really nice of you. Um, if you don't want to betray all of your faith at one go, you, don't... <laughs> you can punt if you want, and I'll yeah, I'll, well, re I'll respond. Really, like that's the cowardly way out. So I'm not I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I I don't know. So I, I have a lot of different thoughts about this. I think that um, God's God's knowing, God's knowledge is is very different than the way that we tend to think about it. I don't think it's the knowledge of oh I I, I knew I knew he was going to lock his keys in the car. You know I don't I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's that kind of knowledge. I think it's it's the knowledge of it's the knowledge of our hearts. It's the knowledge of our um, of our natures. It's the knowledge of um, 
of of who we are, and I, I just I, I I can't, um, you know, I think oftentimes when I when I talk about this, it sounds like, um, the God that I am talking about sounds like a kind of impotent God, because he's because my my God is not, um. Uh, omniscient in the way that so often we speak of God, right. um, but I, but again, I, I think that God's power is is the power of love. It is it is self giving power. It is it is um, self emptying power. It is not power over. It's power through and underneath. And and I don't think that. Um, I, you know, I think there's, there's, um, so I guess, I guess the the short answer is I'm not sure that I do believe in an omniscient God, the way that we we classically think of God being omniscient. Right, right, and uh, well, as noted in the pre-show, I live uh, in a heavily reformed area here in West Michigan, and uh, I would think. Um, Interestingly, most of the sort of reform people I know would also say, yeah, I believe in free will and we have a choice because it doesn't really make sense to say otherwise. Yet they would also say God is omniscient. God knows everything. God knows the future. God knows what you're going to do. And maybe God even chose it in terms of your eternal destiny, some sort of predestination. Um, but I think there has to be some sort of tension there because omniscient means you know everything, including all future events. But if all future events are known at all, that means that they're already sort of mapped out or laid out. And so that would seem to imply some sort of fate or destiny. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a tension there that if you spend too much time with it, you begin to think, boy, or, do I really or, think this? But my theology does. And or you can relieve yourself say. or you can do what I do and relieve yourself of the tension. <laughs> Tell us, please. Take the approach of, <laughs> in in instead of God being a you know a entity being a thing that knows, you know God God is the knowledge. I I I I, I tend to noun God more than I adjective God. Mm. So rather than ascribing qualities to God, I say God is is the thing we're trying to ascribe. This, this human quality to. So instead of saying God knows everything and then get myself in this quandary of the predestination, God is all the knowledge and the knowledge right. that ever existed, ever will exist, exists now. God God is the all and all. So yeah, I'm I'm not tense. And so I mean I think the key with the key with where you're coming from, Ogan, is that God is not only not omniscient, he's in a way unconscious, right? There's no consciousness to God that God has a a will. Right. Or... The, uh, God's not a sentient being or sentient element or whatever. It's, it's, it is the knowledge. It is creation. It is love. It is the, the energy of everything that, that, that binds us. Um, but it's not, it's not some, for, for me to, the, the idea of the consciousness or sentient implies um, an inherent separateness, uh, you know, the thing's got to be conscious of something or, so for me, if I'm saying God is all right. there is, then to, to use words that imply some kind of separateness is to imply that there's something that God isn't. So that makes sense. It does make sense. You know, I've heard of a low Christology, but this feels like a low theology. Uh, this is this is like at sea level, just floating. <laughs> exactly. Not exactly. Not myself into into paradoxical knots here. Wow. <laughs> is God there? Well, I'm just going to look out the window. Oh, look! All that is. <laughs> Both out and and yeah, you just but yes, all outside and inside. And all that is within. and and wrap your head around this one. Not just all that is in terms of physicality but but from a time perspective as well we talked about time before you know when we talk about fate and destiny that's implicitly a question about time so so all all time that ever was is and will be is is also 
God existing in this now moment, you know, and that's not just a theological approach. That's, that's a quantum physics approach as well, where that's the theory that time is not a linear concept. It's simultaneously all occurring at once. Ooh, that's above my pay grade. <laughs> I make the big bucks. <laughs> all right. So here's a classic text that is often used to talk about um, predestination. This is from Romans chapter 8, uh, 29 to 30. It says, For whom he that is God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this was a text that I often heard growing up, you know, as a text of comfort, right? That God has called you and God knew it from before you were born. And that's a beautiful thing. And you don't ever have to worry, you know, like God chose you. And so I get the the comfort angle. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that, though, because I feel the same tensions you do, Derek, that I think you uh, you articulated beautifully that. Does God really want to be in relationship? And can he, the idea of something called a relationship even be there if everything if everything's already laid out? Yeah, and 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 this is really where I um, I, I think this is one of the real struggles that is the difference between sometimes is the difference between the conversations that we have in theological circles versus the conversations that we have in pastoral interactions. Because I, I really believe that despite some of the ways that we use Paul's letters, his ultimate goal was to be pastoral. Mm. And there is, there is something incredibly comforting about the idea of being, um, you know, you, you, you go back to Psalm 139, you knew me in my for me and knew me in my mother's womb, there's something incredibly comforting about being for, you know, known by God from the yeah. foundations of the world. There's something comforting. There's something um, healing. There's something that gives your life meaning and purpose from that. And I, and I, and, and like my pastoral sensibility is to not want to take that away from people. My sensibility as a theologian is that I can also see the damage that that can do of seeing God's God's mapping out every every step for us and and doing some some kind of damaging theology around really ugly and hurtful and harmful things in the world, you know, and saying, well, that's God's, that's God's purpose. That's God's plan. That that awful, terrible thing happened. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of why I, 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 that's where the tension is for me. Yeah. And I think it tends to be abused uh, in, especially perhaps in, in situations of oppression or an imbalance of power by those who want to just kind of support the status quo and say, well, God has arranged it this way. So, Who are we to mess with God? Absolutely. And as you said, that's a dangerous road to go down, which yeah. unfortunately has been trodden. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is it is it is tough in a pastoral situation. And I'm and I'm with you at that. Uh, you don't you don't you don't want to take people or take that away from people unless they're ready for it. Um yeah. and 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 yeah. And as ministers we we always gotta meet people where they're at. Um um, and and part of that is knowing when when they're ready for that shift and and kind of gently guide them into into that opening. Um, but to go back to your uh, Brian, when you started with with that Bible quotation is yeah, um, you, you know my I, I always remind people about context and context of you know when it was written, who it was written by, and their uh, understanding, um, and not to say that they didn't have any deep spiritual understanding to write what they wrote. Of course they did, but you know, in terms of understanding context of who we are as human beings and how we've evolved to be and a way of thinking, and then you know, you throw a whole bunch of science on top of it, uh, y- y- you know, um, 
and 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 the shift in perspectives i mean like you know in the bible even even man's relationship with god shifts dramatically within the bible it, itself you know and right. it continues to shift and change and and deepen and expand and all those uh wonderful things but but that 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 verse about you know god knowing me in, in the womb i mean again it it speaks to the eternality and yet um hmm. instant moment of time of things coexisting that that kind of paradox and of uh and of course it's comforting uh as well and, and we could literally look at it from that perspective of if you know if you think of god as all that all that is then absolutely that's that's there from moment of inception conception before even you know after so it's it's i i don't think it speaks um so much to a, a, a conundrum of again fate destiny predestination as opposed to it speaks to the presence of god is never absent from us at any time in our lives and yet i, I would also i would just throw in that i i think that <clears throat> again part of the Part of the pastoral sensibility for me is the understanding that the comfort for many people in that passage is the idea of a God who is personal. Not a God who is sort of a disembodied energy, but a God who is is somehow, in some way, sentient. Um, and so, I, 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 I again, I, I think that's that's one of the things that when we when we have this space to be able to do sort of that intellectual uh, 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 jujitsu that we're doing here, <laughs> that, that it's really good to be able to have spaces where you can where you can where you can really work out what your theology is, and in those moments though that are, um, you know, I, I I feel like you know so often this this theology of of things being predestined or things being God's plan really get brought to the surface when people are in moments of tragedy and moments oh, of absolutely it's a great call and that's and that's really where like for me you know walking alongside with people I have to I have to just keep my mouth shut you oh, yeah. know, and, and say, like, 90% listening, 10%. Exactly. Like, 90% listening, 5% repeating back with. <laughs> yes, amen. I mean, because, because, I mean, because we're all, we're all doing theology all the time. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, those of us who have the privilege slash burden of theological education, um, you know, we do that from a different we do do that from a different vantage point. So, and yeah, people no struggle. Doubt. People struggle, I think, with that probably so much more in unity. I'm making I'm making a blank mm. assumption here because a lot of them come into unity with a personal God relationship, and and unity in essence tells you, you know, it's it's more about God as principle and and God as presence rather than the the personal relationship and people people do struggle with that um you know and, and i always say to them don't let go of anything that you're not ready to and also you know god still always remain personal at the point of your understanding it's it, mm. it is a personal understanding um that, that you you have with with god so it's you know it's it's an interesting it's an interesting place to be to, to, to watch people go through that. Usually when folks come to me in that sort of spiritual crisis and angst, I, you know, as long as I know that their uh, personality and temperament can handle it, I actually tell them I'm happy for you. I'm, 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 I'm glad that you're in this struggle because what it says is that you're open into a much deeper understanding wherever it takes you. Like, like you've had, this much you know you've held this belief for this long and now something is, is is triggering in you a quest for something deeper something more expansive and the only way that's going to happen often is by letting go of something you've held onto and and there's grief along that comes along with that when you have held an idea of what god has been you know whether it's like you know the the mythical santa claus god 
or wherever it is, when you start to shift from that and expand, there's a bit of letting go that can be traumatic and, and, and you go through grief. It's like you lose, sometimes some people describe it to me as I've, I've like lost a friend, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and it's a really, it's a really tough uh, experience. I mean, I've been through it. I've walked mm-hmm. through it, you know, mm-hmm. left the church because of it, came back to the church, experienced it again, three quarter way through seminary and almost didn't finish seminary. Figured I paid this much for it, might as well, might as well see it out. <laughs> you know, it was it was it was not a it was not a fun not a fun not a fun experience. But I think this is part of how we do deepen our relationship and understanding mm. of of God, and it doesn't always look pretty. Yeah, and I you know I wonder. Speaking of theological shifts, uh, I've gone through quite a few myself, and that to me. <clears throat> I don't know. To me, that that sort of affirms a belief in some sort of free will because, mm. you know, everything was laid out for me to walk the sort of, you know, Dutch Reformed Calvinist thing that I was raised in, which, you know, every step of the way was geared toward me walking that road from from cradle to the grave, right? But at some point, a few things started to shift and I started opening other doors and walking on other paths and asking certain questions that weren't encouraged certainly and that didn't make me any friends and that have created some challenges with friends actually and with family um and yet i think to me that that shows that we do have some ability to make some choices that maybe aren't all sort of mapped out uh, in some or, sort of or fate that, or destiny or was that your predestined journey <laughs> anything is possible my friend anything is possible so listen we've all hinted at affirming some sort of free will and i'm wondering are there are there limits to that free will or can i choose anything there are no limits there might be some legal issues but <laughs> 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 let's just <laughs> Our choices have consequences. So. <laughs> oh, let the listener understand. <laughs> I'm not advocating anarchy or, or any of that. I'm just saying. I mean, I was... a... Go ahead. <laughs> besides, besides the legal issues, <laughs> you know, I would say I would say that the limits are the pre-existent laws of nature. You know, our our limits are um, things. Things happen within within a certain scope and certain under certain parameters. Um, you mean that Jesus didn't walk on water. What are you trying? Oh, to... oh man! <laughs> <laughs> you this I, I understand I now. This whole thing was a setup. A setup. This is a this is a theological ah. trap. I, I get oh, it. Who put oh, you man. up to this? It's, it's rhetorical. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe that anymore either. But that's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I, I think that there, um, you know, that those those things really are set in motion to give to give life parameter and structure and 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 order. Um, I think within within that order, we have total free will. Within that structure of the way that the natural world works, the way that the natural world mm. is ordered, um, you know, so there's there's still a container here. Um, you know, there's there's still you know my my yeah. my uh, my free will um, could you know very well come into conflict with gravity someday. Um, so that's that's something that right. I have to be I have to be I have to be very cognizant uh, um, of. Exactly, and so I, I, I think if you want to step outside and just fly to Heinz Field without an airplane, <laughs> exactly. You, you know, you there's, can't there's, do that. You know, there's there's certain you things know. I I just can't do. Um, not not yet, at least we don't know. Yet, right? Yeah, we don't know. But thank yes, let's leave that door open. I I like that. No, um, I, don't, I don't mean that in jest. I <laughs> I am I am dead serious. Like, okay. We we I here's here's my far fetched. Call it sci-fi. You know imagination if you want but i believe that as we continue to explore and understand what what we and our on our minds and our brains and who we are human beings are fully capable of i think we will do 
like some amazing things. I mean, you know, the 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 I, I mentioned earlier. No, I don't believe Jesus walked on water. Um, but you know, there's there's that there is. I'm I'm smart enough to know that they are they have been quote unquote you know um, miraculous events events that have occurred outside of those laws of nature by people who seem to have a much deeper understanding and connection with what whatever it is beyond what our five senses can perceive i believe that we are all capable of that i mean you know jesus said these things you shall do in greater and and by all accounts he operated outside that natural uh realm and those and that container in which you said i think we all have that potential i think we just haven't really figured out a way how to tap into it consistently I mean, there's stories of things like, you know, spontaneous curings and, and, and healings and all kind of, you know, stuff. So, you know, it, I, I think those things are few and far between. But I think as we continue to involve as human beings, they will become more the norm. Mm. You know, I mean, they're, mm. you know, like psychic spoon bending. That's that's a real thing. Um, you know, I've, I've seen it. Um, I'm actually you know, keep this on the down low, but I'm going to take a class in it coming up. I want to see if I can get this done. Wow. <laughs> what, wait, what show am I on here? <laughs> you know, so, so when we truly explore that, that connection, if we are part of all that is, then we can be in that, you know? So, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I mean, I might, might be the half of Eisen talking, but I think that we will get to the point <laughs> where, yes, we, we won't be as confined by these natural laws. Um, I think for now, you know, yes, death and taxes are assured, but um, other than that, who knows? Oh, were we? If we all were so optimistic, man, that's, that's <laughs> so. You know, but there's a number what, of things we did not. I was going to say that's what happens when you're not you're not no, tensioned by these other theological conundrums. You now have the freedom to explore other great freedom, areas. exactly. But there's a lot, there's a lot, right? We didn't choose our who's where to be born or when, didn't choose uh, uh, our gender. Uh, many of us uh, didn't choose uh, physical abilities, uh, our temperament, psychological or personality makeup, right? There's a lot of things that are just sort of given, but uh, a whole yeah. lot of constraints within that, right? You're breaking up there, Brian. I think we got the gist of the question, though. But yeah, they're, they're given, but that doesn't mean they can't be a change, altered, or adapted. We can, you know, might we be a hardwired pessimist? Yes, but I think we can learn to recognize when that's playing its part uh, in our lives and our decision making and learn how to choose differently. So I believe there's a certain amount of hardwiring, but I don't believe there's hardwiring that if we put concerted effort into we can't shift adapt learn how to compensate for and I well and, and I agree with that 100% and yet I don't want to I don't want to gloss over that hardwiring piece because I feel like I mean we're we're just beginning to see some of the research of the fact that um, descendants of people who were in concentration camps pass that trauma on genetically. Yes. That people who are descendants of slaves, that that trauma gets passed on genetically. Yes. And so I don't wanna I don't wanna gloss over that hardwiring that can be a part of our decision making, our, our free will. Um, and yet and still I, I also believe that um, for many of us, part of the liberating work that God is doing in our lives is liberating us from those traumas from that come through our histories and come through our genetics. And I think that um, yes. it's really important for us to understand that as a part of the liberating work of the gospel and a lot part of the liberating work of, of faith that 
Yeah, I mean, you are you are scarred by things that happened to your your ancestors in in ways that you will never fully understand. Uh, but um, I I think it's it's really um, it's really important for us to um, to have that knowledge and to actually work towards the liberation of those traumas. Um, and the knowledge helps work toward the freedom, doesn't it? Absolutely. When we, when we things about our own, uh, about our own background, that us to help understand from maybe why we've decisions in the past, but I think also that can potentially create healing and new choices in the future. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. I think it's it's um, you know it can be you know I I, I think um, it can be really painful to learn about those things that are in our histories that are traumatic. Obviously, I mean to learn about trauma yeah. is is, is going to be a painful process. And yet, those things that that we remain, uh, those things of which we remain ignorant, will never be healed. Um, and um, and and so there's that that's that's the work, you know. Um, anyone who knows me uh, knows that I am I am a strong, firm believer in therapy, um, and I am I'm a believer that we we have to work through our stuff. We have to. Um, we have to battle our demons because that is that is part of the liberating process for us. So, but I but I think I think um, I think being aware of those things allows us to make conscious decisions that might go against our hard wiring and um, and and might lead us towards more liberating paths. Oh, exactly. Well said. Well said. Yeah, never, I, never underestimate the gift of a good therapist. I've got many, <laughs> many employed in my lifetime. <laughs> it's so there we it's go. The, uh, the the guy I'm, the guy I'm currently seeing, b- because I do a lot of you know I do a lot of my own inner work and mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, I'm pretty aware and, and and mindful and ask myself these deeper questions. So. So, so I go to a therapy session and more often than not, at least when I started going, you know, he was kind of like, so like, are you sure we want to meet again? It seems like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm going to keep you kind of, I'm going to, we're going to pencil you in for about four or five weeks from now. I can guarantee you something will come up. <laughs> I will need, so he doesn't ask anymore now because now when I now when I walk in, he's like, "Oh yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be stuff there. There's, there's a lot of stuff to do." <laughs> so yes, I always encourage people go go see a therapist and oh and sometimes yeah if if it needs to be get on some medication to help you you know get a perspective and a handle if if, if yeah. is running away without you yeah. there's nothing wrong with that it does not say anything less of who you are as a spiritual or religious being. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, um, I don't, we're running close to the end here, Brian, but um, I did mention earlier that I met Derek at this uh, Uncool conference. I want to, I want to get a little time to plug it because I think it's a, it, it was a great, um, time and Derek is one of the organizers. So, Derek, would you mind taking a few minutes to to uh, let our listeners know about what Unco is and, and plug it a little bit? Yeah, um, thank you. And um, we do have our West Coast gathering coming up in October. Um, so, Unco Unco is uh, basically most conferences you go and you. Um, listen to some talking head person and you go to a bunch of workshops and you take copious amounts of notes and you never look at those notes again. Um, And the most meaningful part of that conference that you've attended are the interactions that you've had with the other conference attendees um, over drinks or in conversations in between sessions. 
And so the point of Unco is that we're just going to skip the middleman and build, <laughs> build, build the whole conference around those conversations that you have in between. So basically... Um, we, uh, you know, people come and and, and uh, we we create the agenda on the fly. People bring the things that are going on in their ministry, going on in their lives that they want to discuss, and we we um, we believe that the expertise that people need are in the room, that the skills that people need are in the room, and that when we come together, um, you know, as as friends and colleagues, we can we can find the solutions. Um, uh, kind of together and, and with our with our own expertise coming together in the room. Uh, one of the thing and one of the things that I love about Unco at the end of it, it's a it's a very intense three day conference, and um, at the end of it, what we what we always decide at the end is our, our we ask the question, what are the things that have legs? Um, what are the things that um, we believe? we can actually build a project off of, or we can build a continuing connection off of. Um, we've actually, there have been several churches um, that have been birthed in UNCO conferences. Um, nice. There have been um, several programs, you know, several, um, like, liturgy sharing resources and things like that um, that have been that have been generated from, from UNCO. And... Um, the one thing that I'm working on, um, Unburdened, um, a.k.a. ClergyNet, is um, just sort of uh, thinking of, of, of creating a wraparound, um, wraparound services for people in ministry because ministry can be lonely, it can be hard, and so often we, we don't have the resources to, to care for ourselves. Um, and so just kind of creating a network of care for people who are in ministry is, is something that's become a really big passion of mine. So um, unco.us is our website. Um, the West Coast Conference um, will be taking place October 24th to 26th at San Francisco Theological Seminary. Um, if you are interested, um, find me. Derek L. Weston is pretty much everything that I'm attached to on social media. Um, and, and please, if that's something that you're interested in, don't let cost be the reason you don't go. We'll figure something out. And I, I, I highly, I highly recommend it. No matter what theological background you're from, I showed up. I think I was the only Unity minister there amid <laughs> uh, uh, Presbyterians and uh, Lutherans, I think, Methodists. Yeah, yeah, some American Baptists. And... Exactly. They, they, they were but... all over the place, and it didn't, it didn't matter one bit. It, yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I highly encourage it. Uh, if you, are, are you guys watching Stranger Things? Have you seen Stranger yes, Things? Yes, yes. So, I've now seen it. You've now seen it. So you know, in Stranger Things, they talk about the uh, what is it? The the underneath. The upside down. Yeah. The upside down. Yeah. Upside, yeah. Down. upside down. Goes the in between. <laughs> Ooh. It is, it is, there we go. There we go. <laughs> As long as there's no demogorgon there, I'll, uh, I can be in. Not, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that's social hour. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's. No, I listen. I, I love the sound of it, Derek. I love the egalitarian nature, the um, the spirit of, hey, we are the resources we need, and let's hear from each other. Let's make space to share um, our own experiences in life and ministry. Uh, I think it sounds fantastic. So thanks for doing that work and and bringing others on board. I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it's been a it's been a it's been a huge blessing for me. And um, yeah, I just want as many people, um, especially folks in ministry, and, and um, we've had so many people coming from very lonely, isolated places in ministry to these conferences, and really um, either getting the permission they need to you know, get the hell out of the place where they are or finding the resources that they need to be able to do what they're doing better. And um, and I think the most important thing I walked away with was, was connections. I mm. mean, you know, mm -hmm. you, uh, you know, a bunch of other people there. And like you said, it is, uh, people don't get how isolated a ministry can be because the visible yeah. face of it is that we are always with people. Yeah. And yeah, right. with people and friendly with people and compassionate with people, but it 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 really it really can be. I mean, you know, it's uh, so so to so to connect with other people who truly 
get that and and can work with each other and lean on each other you know um i met at unco uh minister who is in a church not like but barely an hour away from me or less um eliza and uh uh last month we started for the first time at our church um an lgbtq support group first we started with a series of workshops educating our own congregation about um what 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 this means lgbtq what 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 the terms mean what the labels mean what it is like because unity you know unity has always had an open door policy for Mm. everyone but i said now it's time i think for us to shift from that to become a more visible conscious intentional place Mm. for people to come and feel safe and be safe, especially when they're in a you know, place of coming out or transitioning and not feeling the support to know there's a place, let's educate ourselves. And um, and Eliza, who identifies herself as, as queer, come she she came and she helped. And the, the night we did the workshop on uh, religion and spirituality, how that all connects, she spoke from a place of authority that I couldn't have and I would not have known who she was or met her uh, except for uncle. So it's a great place for ministers to, and it's not just for ministers, it's for anybody um, nice. to come connect and, and, and find their tribe. That's yeah. really what it is. Sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. I encourage you, encourage folks to check it out. Uh, while we are at our hour's end, wondering if there's any final word of wisdom uh, from either of you. What you got, Derek? Anything? Well, you know, I, I, I'm again. I, I I thank you guys for throwing me in the deep end on the, um, <laughs> the theological conversation, but um, but you know, I think I think um, part of part of what's really important for me about this is, and I think we've we've all kind of echoed this. Um, no matter what we might think about this subject intellectually. When we are in the place of of being with people and ministering to people, or or just being friends and loved ones with people, um, you know, people are going to come at this from so many different ways, and the stress of of a trauma, or the stress of of a sudden transition, or the stress of a tragedy, really brings that theology that might be buried deep inside of them to the surface. And we might completely disagree with someone, but if we can love someone through whatever it is their theological position is um, in, those, in, the, in those times where the stress is really high, I think it's, it, that's, the, that's the most important thing we can do. It's the only reason I'm still friends with Brian. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good word, Derek. Good word. All right. Well, I'm going to assume uh, Ogan does not have a parting word for us. Uh, My parting word is uh, ten- tension. Tension is necessary. Suffering is optional. Mm. Mm, there we go. There we go. Well, I'm going to bring us out with some uh, lyrics from Rush and their song Free Will. Some listeners may be familiar with that song. It goes. There are the. <laughs> there are those who think some that co- life. Some, some co-hosts are not familiar with that. <laughs> some. Are, some. Are, uh, yeah. It. Yeah. All right. There are those who think that life has nothing left to chance. A host of holy horrors to direct our aimless dance. A planet of playthings. We dance on the strings of powers we cannot perceive. The stars aren't aligned, or the gods are malign. Blame is better to give than receive. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears and kindness that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose free will. Word, my brother, word. <laughs> a little rush, a little rush. So there you go. Check check it out on YouTube and like you will... It. You will you will, uh, I don't know, you'll see it as a treat or you'll say, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Thanks, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Please connect and spread the word on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can, of course, listen to us anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. 
if you want to find some fun folks like us in your town and have a conversation like this at a local pub, go to pubtheology.com and you can check out the national directory there and find a group near you. And again, thanks to our sponsor, Craft Beer Cellar. Please visit craftbeercellar.com. And we are out. That wasn't the theme sound. That's the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) A spacious ending to the show. (laughs) There we go. Love it.